Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. I have recently and finally found my beautiful copy of the famous Kabbalion inside the front cover of this gorgeous first edition from 1908. It says... To Frater R.C., may this book help you on your path to the greater mysteries. Your brother in the great work, Frater C. And that's Frater Chell, and he will be on the podcast next Tuesday or Wednesday with me from his abode in the depths of Texas. There's uh, lots to say about the Kabbalion, but we'll get to the fun stuff, especially the revelation about it I can reveal that has been long debated. But right now, let's just uh, see what the Kabbalion says. A study of the Hermetic philosophy of ancient Egypt and Greece by three initiates. Quote, the lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. That has been quoted at me many times when I've disagreed with people. They, they cleverly followed it up by saying, oh, well, you know. I actually, in debates about the Kabbalion and its origins in New Thought, have said, well, there's problems with it, you know. And they've said, well, as it says, the lips of wisdom are closed as sealed except to the ears of understanding. Sick burn. Sick burn. Yogi Publication Society. Recording through the computer speaker because no other uh, devices seem to be working, but that's life. Entered at the Stationer's Hall, all rights reserved. It's out of print now, though, so you can freely reprint it, as everyone seems to be doing, since it does contain the beginning and end of all hermetic knowledge, and was written by Hermes Trismegistus himself, transmitted by three initiates in discarnate form, speaking through the lips of... I don't know, I'm just making stuff up now. The, to Hermes Trismegistus is dedicated, known by the ancients... Egyptians as the great great and the master of masters this little volume of hermetic teachings is reverently dedicated that's beautiful this is a very inspiring book and it inspires many it inspired me new thoughts an interesting thing which is what this book is about this book is not actually about hermetic principles or the writings of Hermes Trismegistus it draws from some of those things but it's not actually a good representation of that thought 
it's a good representation of the popular new thought going on at the turn of the century. That's just a fact that is worth knowing. It doesn't devalue the book at all. It just means that you should see things in their context. We take great pleasure in presenting to the attention of students and investigators of the secret doctrines. Well, there, right, that, that gives you a little hint as to the, the culture and milieu this came from, a little reference to the secret doctrine by a secret doctrines of, of course, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. This little work based upon the world-old hermetic teachings, and it is based on the hermetic teachings, just based on them. It is not them itself, which it, the book itself says, the text here doesn't say it is hermetic teachings, it says it's based on them. So actually it's disclaiming itself as being what many people think it is, but it tells you it isn't. It says, based upon the world-old hermetic teachings. And hermetic teachings obviously aren't world-old. There's been many teachings probably like, hey, if you throw this rock at that animal, it'll die and we can eat it. That's probably an older teaching than as above, so below, right? I mean, we've been around on this planet for at least, what, 3,000 years? Yeah, at least 3,000 years according to the Bible or something like that. <laughs> There has been so little written upon the subject, notwithstanding the countless references to the teachings in the many works upon occultism, that the many earnest searchers after the arcane truths, capitalized, of course, as all things were in those days, it's the German influence, will doubtless welcome the appearance of the present volume. The purpose of this work is not the enunciation of any special philosophy or doctrine, See, disclaims itself again, but rather is to give to the students a statement of the truth, capital T truth, because we all know there's only one truth. There's no such thing as truths, just one truth. I'm joking. That will serve to reconcile the many bits of occult knowledge that they may have acquired, but which are apparently opposed to each other and which often serve to discourage and disgust the beginner in the study. Our intent is not to erect a new temple of knowledge, but rather to place in the hands of the student a master key, with which he may open the many inner doors in the temple of mystery through the main portals he has already entered. There is no portion of the occult teachings possessed by the world which have been so closely guarded as the fragments of the hermetic teachings, which have come down to us over the tens of centuries which have elapsed since the lifetime of its great founder, Hermes Trismegistus, the scribe of the gods, who dwelt in old Egypt in the days when the present race of men was in its infancy. But women were grown up. It was just men in its infancy, right? Get me? Contemporary with Abraham, and if the legends be true, an instructor of that venerable sage Hermes was and is the great central son of occultism, whose rays have served to illumine the countless teachings which have been promulgated since his lifetime. All the fundamental and basic teachings embedded in the esoteric teachings of every race may be traced back to Hermes. Even the most ancient teachings of India undoubtedly have their roots in the original Hermetic teachings. Because, of course, Indians and Asians didn't have their own mystery traditions. They had to get a bus and go to Egypt to meet with this mythological character to develop their cultures and probably writing and knowledge of all sorts. I mean, as we all know, knowledge doesn't move from the east to the west, it moves from the west to the east. It's why when people founded America, they went to the west coast first and then moved slowly, pushed 
east, right? Okay. From the land of the Ganges, many advanced occultists wandered to the land of Egypt and sat at the feet of the master. And this was true. People did go to Egypt and learn from the masters and the libraries and the stuff. People also went to all the other ancient libraries, Babylon and Mesopotamia and probably India, probably India. Um, I mean, the Indians did not get their mystery teachings from the ancient Near East. They had their own, and that is a historical fact. From other lands also came the learned ones, all of whom regarded Hermes as the master of masters, and his influence was so great that in spite of the many wanderings from the path on the part of the centuries of teachers in these different lands, there may still be found a certain basic resemblance and correspondence which underlies the many and often quite divergent theories entertained and taught by the occultists of these different lands today. Hmm. Well, it's worth noting that even Marsilio Ficino, the great Renaissance hermetist, wasn't a hermetist. He wasn't even a hermeticist, and he didn't look to Hermes as the source of wisdom. He looked to Moses, just like I believe it was Mirandola or uh, some others who looked to Zoroaster, and it was only Ludovico Lazzarelli who really looked to Hermes. So there was three sources that the Hermetic tradition, even in the Renaissance, was believed to be drawn from. I've covered this ad nauseum, and of course the scholarship comes out of the likes of Moshe Adel and Drs. Walter Hanegraaff and a bunch of other modern scholars who are sorting out our history and textual analysis with a fresh and better educated eyes than many had over the last few hundred years. The student of comparative religions will be able to perceive the influence of the hermetic teachings in every religion worthy of the name. Now known to man, whether it be a dead religion or one full of vigor in our own times, there is always a certain correspondence in spite of the contradictory features, and the hermetic teachings act as the great reconciler. If you ever come up with your own spiritual belief, make sure it is the great reconciler of all previous beliefs. That is a very powerful thing to say to people, whether it's true or not. The life work of Hermes seems to have been in the direction of planting the great seed truth, which has grown and blossomed in so many strange forms, rather than to establish a school of philosophy which would dominate the world's thought. But nevertheless, the original truths taught to him by him have been kept intact in their original purity by a few men in each age, who, refusing great numbers of half-developed students and followers, followed the hermetic custom and reserved their truth for the few who were ready to comprehend and master it. See, this that's why I like this book, because it is a beautiful book. I read it when it was given to me in this form, as I'm holding it here. It was a gorgeous first edition from the Bodai tree that my buddy Jeff bought me and gave to me as a celebration for my Zelator initiation in California in 97. And I found it finally, and it's one of the few books I have left in my life, after you know what. And, uh, and it inspired me so much for the work. So I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, and there's a lot of babies in this book. There's a lot of babies who like this book, and this is definitely a toddler book. I mean, and I don't disparage that. I forced my family to never throw out all of my Berenstain Bears books because I thought they were the best thing since, you know, frozen ice cream. And uh, so they remained up until uh, the day I lost my entire library. And let's not throw out the things that inspire us and or denigrate them too much because they, they were the rung on the ladder. They got us to the higher rung on the ladder. It's heuristic. 
The life work of Hermes seems to have been in the direction of planting the great sea truth, which has grown and blossomed in so many strange forms rather than to establish a school of philosophy which would dominate the world's thought. It's an important part. That's why I'm redoing it. Not because I made a mistake and, and started again. That's not what happened. But it is what Rudolf Steiner called the secret stream, the idea of this current of, of knowledge. And the debate is, and this book clearly takes one side of the debate, the debate is, has been whether or not the, this knowledge transmitted through the ages is the Sophia Perennis or the Prisca Theologia. So the Sophia Perennis idea is that there's a wisdom, perennial wisdom, that has never been altered or damaged and remains true and intact that some transmit and keep sacred, keep safe, and learn from, and it's perfect. And the Prisca Theologia idea is the idea that there has been this original secret stream of knowledge that has been fragmented and damaged and must be recovered. Those are the two options you have. Like American politics, there's no third choice. <laughs> Uh, but nevertheless, the original truths taught by him have been kept intact in their original purity by a few men in each age, who, refusing great numbers of half-developed students and followers, followed the hermetic custom, and reserved their truth for the few who were ready to comprehend and master it. So it's purely Sophia Perennis theology we have at work here, the idea of an elite, special few who get the uncontaminated, uncorrupted, true, true, truth knowledge passed down from father to son or whatever it's it's definitely a very uh, this, is a, this is a patriarchal book written as it was uh, over a hundred years ago and knowing who wrote it well that just gets even more problematic but we'll get to that eventually from lip to ear that's a reference to Kabbalah the truth has been handed down among the few there have always been a few initiates in each generation in the various lands of the earth well, there's a lot more initiates than that now on TikTok, right? Who kept alive the sacred flame of the hermetic teachings and have always been willing to use their lamps to relight the lesser lamps of the outside world when the light of truth grew dim and clouded by reason of neglect and when the wicks became clogged with foreign matter. So it's a beautiful idea. That, that's a call to speak truth and, and be truthful to yourself at the very least, let alone try and change the world, try and ameliorate our conditions in life with noble qualities. That's a good thing this book is promoting. So we should not really poo-poo too many people reading this book. We just don't want them to think it's the end-all and be-all when it's just a should be more inspiring blip on the radar. There were always a few to tend faithfully the altar of the truth upon which was kept alight the perpetual lamp of wisdom. All of these are actually initiatory references made by the authors to initiations they went through, uh, by the way. These men devoted their lives to the labor of love, which the poet has so well stated in his lines, Oh, let not the flame die out, Cherish, cherished age after age in its dark cavern, in its holy temples cherished, fed by pure ministers of love, let not the flame die out. Amen. That's amazing. I love that. That is what we are doing. These men, because obviously men includes women back then, have never sought popular approval nor numbers of followers. 
They are indifferent to these things, for they know how few there are in each generation who are ready for the truth, or who would recognize it if it were presented to them. They reserve the strong meat for men, while others furnish the milk for babes. They reserve their pearls of wisdom for the few elect who recognize their value and who wear them in their crowns, instead of casting them before the materialistic vulgar swine who would trample them in the mud and mix them with their disgusting mental food. See, this was a great book to read at 16 years old and probably is still for 16-year-olds, but it sounds like it's written by a 16-year-old as well, and that's one of the issues with it, I think. This sort of, like, black and white enlightened elect versus the vulgar swine of the masses, I mean. And now, a word from our sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. It's a product of its time. But still these men have never forgotten or overlooked the original teachings of Hermes regarding the passing on the words of truth to those ready to receive it, which teaching is stated in the Kabbalion as follows. Where fall the footsteps of the master, the ears of those ready for his teaching open wide. You know, it's funny that there's a lot of pagans these days who really love this book and interpret it as they will. But a lot of them don't realize that in a book like this, written by people at this time, whenever they said footsteps of the master, they're talking about Jesus Christ. They weren't talking about anyone else most of the time. If they said master, they meant Jesus. And again, when the ears of the student are ready to hear, then cometh the lips to fill them with wisdom. But their customary attitude has always been strictly in accordance with the other Hermetic aphorism also in the Kabbalion. The lips of wisdom are closed except to the ears of understanding. I see stuff like this very much as, as hedging your bet in marketing talk, right? Like, oh, if you don't agree with what I said, it's because you're stupid or unenlightened. It's a very popular thing. that This new thought led directly into the new age, by the way, over the 20th century. There are those who have criticized this attitude of the Hermetists, and who have claimed that they did not manifest the proper spirit in their policy of seclusion and reticence. 
but a moment's glance back over the pages of history will show the wisdom of the masters who knew the folly of attempting to teach to the world that which it was neither ready or willing to receive. See, that I think is a gem. No, I think that that's a real gem. But a moment's glance back over the pages of history will show the wisdom of the masters. I mean, enlightened, insightful teachers always have known that it's problematic to teach certain things. I mean, what happened with Oppenheimer and the bomb? He was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't discover this. Maybe no one should ever discover this. And we've all realized today that maybe we should never have discovered those technologies because we're not using them right now, and we certainly don't want to. There are those who have criticized this attitude of the hermetists and who have claimed that they did not manifest the proper spirit in their policy of seclusion and reticence. But a moment's glance back over the pages of history will show the wisdom of the masters, who knew the folly of attempting to teach to the world that which it was neither ready or willing to receive. The hermetists have never sought to be martyrs and have instead sat silently aside with a pitying smile on their closed lips with, while the heathen raged noisily about them in their customary amusement of putting to death and the torture the honest but misguided enthusiasts who imagined that they could force upon a race of barbarians the truth capable of being understood only by the elect who had advanced along the path. Yeah, super elitist. And the spirit of persecution is not as yet died out in the land. There are certain hermetic teachings which, if publicly promulgated, would bring down upon the teachers a great cry of scorn and revilement from the multitude who would again raise the cry of crucify, crucify. See, Jesus. In this little work, we have endeavored to give you an idea of the fundamental teachings of the Kabbalion, striving to give you the working principles, leaving you to apply them yourselves rather than attempting to work out the teaching in detail. If you are a true student, you will be able to work out and apply these principles. If not, then you must develop yourself into one, for otherwise the hermetic teachings will be as words, words, words to you. The three initiates. And of course that words, words, words thing at the end is a quote from Shakespeare's Hamlet, in case you did not knew that. Um, this book was written by three initiates, most likely. Uh, I've said in the past it wasn't, but, uh, well, you know, I knew who wrote it, but as we all know, have always known who wrote it. Um, and, you know, they were initiates, technically. Um, the book is written by uh, William Walter Atkinson, and there's a really interesting post that has made the rounds over the years by Nick Farrell, who is, of course, a Golden Dawn legend and uh, one of the main representatives of our tradition. And in, in 2014, he did Why the Kabbalion Should Not Be Taken Too Seriously, a very good article that shows that science has developed since New Thought 120 years ago, and we've discovered some of the things in the Kabbalion aren't true. But some things that are true are even better than anything you'll find in the Hermetic principles of the Kabbalion. So that's good news. I mean, what we really would like to see, I think, is uh, some of the best physicists and dark matter researchers in the world comment on these things and maybe say, hey, did you know this isn't true, but this way cooler thing based on what it said is actually so true it's not even funny. That would be fascinating. 
if only someone could get in touch with the leading world physicists and dark matter researchers who are actually looking at dark matter for, matter for real, that would be just a phenomenal upcoming podcast, right? But in the meantime, let's like take a quick look at what Nick Farrell says. I mean, read his website himself, yourselves and you know, buy him a, a coffee on Ko-Fi and all of that support his work. He's over, over uh, in Europe and doing what we do as we do. He, he says the Kabbalion was a must-have occult text for beginners for many years, and it was a big influence on me and other members of Builders of the Adidum, thanks to a myth that Paul Foster Case was one of the anonymous writers. More recently, one of its ideas, the Law of Attraction, was hijacked in the New Age marketing phenomenon, which was the secret. <clears throat> and as I have progressed along the path, the Kabbalion ideas have become less important to me, mostly because they do not do what is claimed. And that is fair. They do not do what is claimed, and they are a representation of the application of hermetic impetus and thoughts in the time and place that uh, the author of this book wrote it. Uh, and that's Atkinson, William Walker Atkinson. Now, I can confirm for the first time on the record that it is no longer a myth that Paul Foster Case was one of the contributing initiates to this book. That is now confirmed, and the person who confirmed it knows because they were told by him and Jason Lauderhand. So, yeah, and uh, it's been recorded on the record. So, it's true. I don't know who the third initiate was, but I'm sure it was someone, uh, you know, groovy. Nick Farrell points out, of course, uh, the Kabbalion, this, this, this Kabbalion you have in your hands says that it's a printing of the true Kabbalion, which previously existed and was a secret text passed down. Nick Farrell points out, the Kabbalion, which the book quotes, never existed. That is true. He says, Now I'm not going to sound off about the book being a fraud. It doesn't really matter who wrote it if the information is valid. Atkinson was a proponent of the New Thought Movement, which something which was a big influence on Paul Case. He was also a big fan of writing anonymous works, uh, normally under the name Theron Q. Dumont and Yogi Ramachakara. Shirak Ramachakra. Ramachakra. Yogi, he's a yogi something. There you go, that's all you need. New Thought had the idea that God is everywhere, spirit is the totality of real things, true human selfhood is divine, divine thought is a force for good, sickness originates in the mind, and right thinking has a healing effect. It also says that all the disease is mental in origin. Sound like Christian science at all? Yeah. So in the other words, if you sit and visualize what you want, with enough emotional power, you'll get it. This was the basis behind Paul Case's seven steps, and he claimed that it was the keys to magic. He applied to psychology and claimed that visualization altered the unconscious thinking and as a result transformed your existence. This is all somewhat true. Nevertheless, it is part of the trap of with occult ideas. If a law or principle is true, it can be tested. The Kabbalion only shows positive proof of its ideas. It does not reveal the negative or the numerous get-out clauses which the universe uses apparently to bypass these so-called rules. Right? Get it? Yeah. Therefore, you are left with the conclusion that these ideas are sometimes 
which sometimes work and therefore cannot be anything like laws of the universe. Right? They don't work all the time. They're not always true, and therefore they can't be what they say they are. That's just logic. Some of my objections might seem like nitpicking to you, but you find small things that don't work. Then the law must fail. Breaking the laws. And I'm not going to go into this because this is Nick Farrell's work, and I'm just referencing it. You should go to uh, nickfarrell.it forward slash Kabalian and read more of his work, buy him a coffee, all that stuff. But we're going to get into this more as I go through the book and add my own thoughts and experiences over the last 23 years of working with this and the entire Hermetic tradition. So, I'll end with Nick Farrell's thoughts, because Nick Farrell is a great guy, gets a weird rap sometimes, I don't know why, he's always been just lovely and kind to me, and I'm serious, I I know it sounds like I'm joking, but I'm totally serious, I think he's a, you know, ugh, humans, why, why do we always have to bicker, sometimes it's fun, I mean, I think it's fair, it's fair that Joshua, I mean, Rufus Opus has a problem with Aaron Leach because Aaron Leach actually did turn Rufus Opus into a newt. Like, that actually scientifically happened, according to Kabbalion. So it makes sense that sometimes we have disputes. I mean, I have disputes with people who I turned into a newt. So if someone turns you into a newt, chances are you're not going to get along after that. So to end with uh, Nick Farrell, someone who has never had any debates or public kafaz with anyone ever, no doubt people will find fault with my logic, philosophy, and science methods, but that will not really be the point. The issue here is that there are doubts whether or not the Kabbalion produces an absolute set of laws worthy for a magician. Given the absolute tone of the book, you have to question if its status in an occultist bookshelf is really worthy, or if it's just a collection of fake science manifesting as occult truth. And this is what we will explore from here out as I go through my beautiful little, beautiful first edition of the Kabbalion, which I will cherish forever, along with my friendship, lifelong friendship with the guy who gave it to me. So, uh, Frater, Frater Chell, I love you, man. Great talking to you with you in Texas tonight, and we will do our podcast this week as you requested. And, folks, I'm going to be talking with some people on the radical right and left of American politics coming up, and the reason is I'm not in America currently, I'm safe from all that stuff, and people aren't walking around here with guns in Canada yet, so um, I want to talk to people who are magicians and have extreme right and left-wing views. I think if we can't talk to each other as magicians and initiates, if, if we can't do that, if that's not something that can happen and that we can listen to as a magician, as an initiate, as a mystic of the mysteries, we can't talk to each other on the extremes, then we're all full of shit. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature, as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit 
www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. Hermetic Science Enterprises.co.uk